Hello and welcome to the Push Comes to Shove PokerCast. This is episode 37 on July 10th, titled Being a Stand-Up Dude. You may notice that it is not John introing the song, uh, the show. <clears throat> it is myself. Uh, today I'm doing a solo cast and probably going to be a pretty short one. Uh, so I'm going to get to it. Uh, when I say being a stand-up dude, um, I kind of mean it in two ways. And that's pretty much everything I'm going to talk about in uh, this show. Uh, so one of those two ways I'm talking about is kind of doing the right thing, right? Being a good, good person. Uh, and the other one is being assertive. Something that I've been for pretty much my entire life is pretty assertive about uh, getting treated the way I want to be treated um, and getting, you know, what I want and need to get out of situations in my life. Uh, so I'm going to go through three different little stories that happened while I was out playing poker to kind of explain what I mean, because uh, I think they're pretty good examples of that. So um, the first hand was well the first situation i should say was uh me playing at uh the win i was playing two five no limit hold'em and it is kind of about the clock calls so we've talked on this show before about how i call the clock on people a little bit more often than most probably um especially against pros and i'll give um recreational players a bigger pass but generally speaking when it's clear to me that the player isn't actually thinking about what's going on and what their decision needs to be and they're just wasting everybody's time um then i call the clock so this happened and uh it appeared to be too recreational players uh playing against each other in a particular pot uh there was a big river bet and the guy to my right was thinking for a little while and after a little while of thinking probably about two minutes uh he looks over at the other guy and he asks some questions to try to get a read so he's like oh do you want to call you know typical stuff that a lot of people will ask a lot of the time um what should I do? Do you have this beat? Blah, 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 blah. And <clears throat> that's a pretty cool part of the game. Um, how, you know, sometimes, especially if you're good at it, you can say and do certain things to get certain types of reactions out of your opponent, and you can figure out what kind of hand they have and then what type of decision you should make based on all kind of different factors including that one that's pretty cool and i think that's worth celebrating <clears throat> and i would never be hard on somebody for doing that however uh the guy that the person to my right was trying to talk with was not talking back he wasn't giving any information he wasn't responding uh he wasn't making <clears throat> any movements or you know changes he wasn't speaking so at a certain point, <clears throat> when you ask the fourth or fifth question, and you're clearly not thinking about the hand, you're trying to get reactions that aren't going to work, I'm going to call the clock on you. 
even if you're a recreational player. Um, because you're wasting everybody's time, including mine, and I'm trying to make money. That's why I'm there. So I called the floor, or I called the clock. I'm like, hey, dealer, call the clock. And this guy's like, are you serious right now, bro? And I just didn't say anything. Because obviously nothing's going to come good <clears throat> out of responding to that. Uh, so I didn't. Uh, hold up. Here on Twitch.tv, in the live chat... I don't I don't have the live chat up, so let me fix that real quick. Sorry podcast listeners. There we go. Here's the chat. There's the chat. Alright. So I call the clock on this guy, he flips out, he's super upset, and then he folds like he was probably always gonna do. Alright, cool. Move on. Right? I don't particularly like upsetting people. I don't particularly like upsetting especially recreational players. That's not my goal there. My goal there is obviously to move on and move forward. And if the guy, after, you know, flipping out and folding and finishing the hand, was like, hey, why did you do that? You weren't in the hand. What's up? Right? I could have easily pled my case. Well, hey, it was a few minutes and... You were asking the guy questions, and he didn't answer any of them. <clears throat> so I felt like we needed to move on. And you're using up everybody's time at the table. There's nine players here. It's not just about you, right? And then we probably would have come to some sort of resolution. But he didn't, he didn't proceed. I figured he was just pissed in the moment, and he got over it. Uh, not the case, <laughs> as I soon found out. So about... Uh, probably half an hour later, I play a hand with another dude, and I'm pretty new to the table still, and I don't know how everybody plays, and I don't remember the action on the hand, but my opponent threw out what was a very strange river bet, and a strange sizing, and I immediately said, uh, what did I say? I said something like, well, that's pretty strange. <laughs> And then I started to think about it. And one second after that, this guy that got pissed off when I called clock on him sits down. He was like on a break or something. He's like peeing or whatever, right? He comes back to the table. And one second later, without understanding the context of what's going on, he's like, clock! Because obviously he was still pissed about me calling clock on him earlier. And, uh, you know, a calmer, cooler, collected me may have just made my decision and moved on. So I, I do think I didn't act my, as my best self here. But uh, what I did do instead is I immediately responded with, Are you serious right now, dude? <clears throat> and he's like, Yeah. You call the clock, I can call the clock. And I was like, it's a little bit different, man. Uh, you took about two minutes already when I called the clock. And it's been about two seconds so far in my uh, decision-making process. If you think it's wrong for people to call the clock on you, maybe you should live by your own ethos and not call the clock on other people. If you think it's so wrong. 
Uh, and then I thought about my decision, and I folded. And after the hand, I said, hey, and if you have an issue with me, glad to hear you out and we can talk it out, man. You don't have to, you know, act out like that, bro. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's, I, I don't even want to talk about it. It's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Let's get over it. And I was like, okay, all right then. And then I want to say about 15 minutes later, he's like, you know, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have called clock on you. That was super overboard. And I was like, thanks, bro. I appreciate that. That was a weird thing that doesn't happen very often, but I don't know, in my eyes... I did a thing that I, I totally think is normal, calling the clock on a person who's wasting everybody's time. Somebody got upset, irrationally. Somebody then flipped out on me, and then actually was being ridiculous, right? You don't call the clock on people two seconds after they start thinking about a decision. That's just not right. And <laughs> it was actually pretty funny. So he calls the clock, the dealer knows so part of the rule of calling clock is you're only allowed to do it, you're only allowed to start an actual clock when the floor person comes over and then they're like, all right, you have 60 seconds left to make your decision or 30 seconds left or whatever it is at the place at the time, right? Um, part of that rule is has the player had enough time to make their decision? And they ask the dealer that, right? Has the player had enough time to make the decision? Uh... And typically that's like a minute. If there's a quote unquote tough decision, a large river bet, for example, or a raise on the river or whatever, um, they get about a minute first before the dealer will say, yes, they've had enough time, right? So anyway, this guy calls the clock on me. The dealer actually calls the floor over immediately, which I found strange because everybody at the table knows I haven't had enough time so to speak. So the floor person comes over and the floor person's like, what's happened, dealer? And the dealer's like, well, this, this guy checked, this guy bet, and then this guy called the clock. And the, the floor's like, well, has he had enough time to act yet? And the dealer's like, no. <laughs> no, he hasn't had enough time to act yet. Talking about me, right? Because clearly I didn't. I had two seconds before he called the clock. Uh, so then the, the floor man just stands there and doesn't do anything because now he has to wait at least like 30 seconds for me to think. I take 10 seconds and then I fold, right? And then I was like, hey, <clears throat> if you have an issue with me, uh, you know, you could tell me. Also, probably not my best self, but I was like, thanks for wasting everybody else's time while diverting my attention so that I can't think about my decision. You actually slowed down play there. Um, so I was, I was obviously a little peeved myself, and I lashed out in some ways, but in still reasonable, respectful, um, hey, here's my issue that I have with you, dude, kind of lashing out, if that makes any sense. So I don't know. Uh, obviously, I... I I could have calmed down, I could have thought about the hand, and then talked to the guy, rather than getting pissed immediately and, uh, you know, flipping out and saying, are you serious right now, dude? 
while instead I should be spending the time thinking about the hand. Um, I could have done better, but I think I generally did kind of the right thing, right? Stood up for what I believed in when it came to calling the clock on the other guy, and then stood up for myself when this guy's treating me and the rest of the table pretty ridiculously. Um, so yeah, that's story number one. Story number two. I was at Ari... No, I was at Caesar's Palace playing 2-5. This is a $1,000 cap game. And... Playing with primarily, I mean, it's WSOP right now. People are in from out of town. There's a lot of people that I don't know who they are that I'm playing with, even more than normal. Um, and I sit down to a pretty new table, and I don't know, probably 45 minutes in or something like that. Um, I get into this hand, and... I think I flop. Yeah, I flopped a set. I do some betting or raising. I think I bet half pot. The guy to my right in like a four-way hand goes fold fold. This guy calls <clears throat> my half-size pot flop bet. A gutter comes in on the turn. I believe he checked. I bet he raised all in and based on the odds I was getting and looking at the different types of hands that he could have based on how the pre-flop action went, which I don't remember, by the way. I'm not trying to tell a hand history here. Uh, I felt at the time, and I still do, after thinking about it more later, uh, that he had too many value hands that I beat. Uh, I had three of a kind. It may have been... Uh, I think it was bottom set, but there was a lot of two-pair combinations that made sense for him to play exactly that way. Um, and maybe like a pair in a straight draw that he's getting like super wild and crazy with or something like that, right? So I had to I had to call and I called and it turns out he actually hit that gut shot straight draw. He hit the, you know, four cards out of the whole deck um, that he needed to beat me. And I lost the pot. And immediately, <laughs> right after that, uh, I'm like, hey, good hand, man. Because I think it's pretty important, uh, especially when you're playing with recreational players who are there to have fun, not to flip out and be an asshole on people. Like, I don't, I don't think it's you should do that anyway, right? But especially if you don't know if the guy, if you're a professional like me, and if you don't know if the guy is also a professional um you you want to treat your customers quote unquote nicely right we've talked about this before on the show and i don't know uh but i i also just don't flip out of the poker table generally speaking anyway so he hits a gutter he wins a pot takes all my monies i reload you know normal standard stuff and then i'm like good hand and immediately this guy starts complaining about how bad he's running and about all the pots he's been losing. He's like, yeah, normally the way I've been running, uh, you know, that happened earlier today where I had a straight against a set and the guy, of course, got the boat on the river. Man, right? 
So, and this is directed at me, by the way. He's not just telling the table. <laughs> so, this guy is, he just took like 700 of my dollars or something, 650 or something. I don't know what it was. And he's complaining to me about how bad his luck is at poker. Not a good look, I don't think. I wouldn't do that. That's not very nice. <laughs> it's a little rude. And uh, I respond to him without flipping out. Uh, hey, I I'm going to be fine regardless, but other people might not like it when you uh, tell them how bad you're doing while taking 600 of their dollars. Might want to rethink that next time, dude. <laughs> and he's like... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I yeah, you're totally right. Uh, and this is not the Joe is right cast. That's not the point of this episode. I just realized how those two stories lined up into guys apologizing for stupid shit they did to me. But it's not about me being right or them apologizing. Whether they apologize or not, I think it was the right thing to do, so to speak, to speak out for how I think and feel about how people should act at the poker table. Um, I'm not the behavior police, so to speak, but if we want this game to thrive, and if I want to continue to be able to make a living, um, and other pros want to continue to be able to make a living, we should make the poker table a fun place to be at. And I think calling clock on people after two seconds of them trying to make a decision uh, just because you're upset at them and won't talk to them about what you're upset with them about uh, or, you know, complaining about how unlucky you are while winning a large pot for the game to the guy that you want it from, probably not good behaviors for, you know, making people want to come back and play more. I'm going to come back and play more. I'm a professional poker player. It's my job. I'm going to do it. No matter how much piss people piss me off. Uh, unless, you know, I find other sources of income. I, I got to go back and play more poker. So they're not going to affect me. But they are going to affect other people. And I think everyone who's a professional needs to be an ambassador for the game if we want it to continue people can choose right recreational players players who are playing for fun players who this is not their sole source of income if they stop having fun they may choose to go gamble some other way where we don't have an opportunity to get at that money they may choose to stop gambling because they've had such a, a bad experience and maybe that wouldn't be so bad for them but it would be pretty bad for us uh, and it'd be pretty bad for poker. I think poker is a cool, fun game. I think it's great that you can be a professional because there's so much skill involved over time, yet you can also have fun and not just hemorrhage millions of dollars because you're playing with a pro because there is a luck factor, and you can win on any given night and, and have a lot of fun doing some fun, crazy stuff, getting drunk and playing with the boys, so to speak. Um, so yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm i gonna, in general in my life, but 
also on the poker table, kind of stick up for what I think is the right thing to do. And I think the right thing to do is to treat people in a nice way in general, um, especially at the poker table. Uh, and, and you know, that, that stuff, it's not like, again, I'm being the rules police, and it's not like other sports and whether you call poker a sport or not. Uh, other games, there is generally a rules of conduct, a code of conduct. There's generally, you know, certain things you're that are nice to do and certain things that are totally frowned upon or will get you ejected from where you're playing or who you're playing with. Golf etiquette is a huge thing in golf, right? You don't talk while people are taking a shot. You don't move while people are taking a shot. You don't walk closer to the hole than them if they are first. You you don't do a lot of things when you're on a golf course and they're just the right thing to do. You don't hit into people, right? That's just dangerous. Um, similarly, I think in poker, there's an etiquette that is important that people follow so that we can continue to grow the game and so that everybody can have a good time. What's the point of going out to play poker if nobody's having a good time? Uh, I probably wouldn't be doing this for a living if it wasn't so hilariously fun and if I didn't see such crazy shit all the time. Uh, that's actually a huge draw for me. Also, I make money at it, and that's pretty cool. Uh, but if it weren't for all the funny, crazy happenings, I probably would have figured something else out. Um, so that's story number two. The third story is a hand that I played, and this is actually probably almost two weeks back, so I think I'll remember it. Um, so also at 2-5 at Caesars, later in the night than from that last story, uh, and this table like changed lineups i swear every hour there were like three or four new players it was really weird actually and i commented on it like twice or three times i'm like what is going on every time i get up there's a, <laughs> there's a new table i'm sitting down to what it was happening and eventually one of those tables i sat down to was like six people i knew their faces so i was like oh i'm out this is it but anyway before that <clears throat> this hand happened there's a younger asian dude um Sitting in seat one, I believe I'm in seat five. Not that that's super important. And I, he's a new player to me. I've never seen him before in my life. And I made a, um, I made a error that I think is a slight, nah, it's a significant error, especially for the result. But it's based on I think the biggest issue that I made in this hand, sneak peek, uh, is that. I gave my opponent more credit than I should have. Uh, I kind of, in order to make this play profitably, he has to be a good player. And I didn't know that information. So I should have calculated it a bit differently. But here's about how it went. So this guy raises it in early position. I believe he had a caller behind him in an early middle position. I'm in a 
Uh, I think I'm in the hijack, uh, which is a late middle position, right? Uh, with queen nine of hearts. Uh, I think there are merits to folding, calling, and raising. Um, I elected to call. Uh, we're fairly deep. I think I'm outplaying people in position, especially. I like the idea of being able to fold on the flop a lot, actually, just to, like, cleanse my hands and move on to the next hand. But anyway, I call, and I believe... Small blind or big blind call. So we're four way to a flop. And I want to say, I don't remember the sizing, so forgive me. It's been a while. He either raised to 20 or 25. So the pot was <clears throat> something like 80 or 100. I don't know. Um, hmm. I feel like it was 100. But anyway, flop comes out and it is nine nine three with two spades if i'm remembering correctly so i have trip nines with the queen pretty good hand pretty hard to be beat here obviously i'm losing to deuces which would be nine uh deuces full of nines i'm losing to nine deuce which is not something these guys are playing uh i'm losing to king nine and ace nine not a lot of hands. This is great. Uh, I'm super excited. The upfront player, the, the blind guy, checks. The original raiser in the early position bets out, and he bets out fairly large, like three-quarters pot, something like that. Pretty kind of standard stuff for this game. Um, the next player folds. And then it's on me. Uh, I have trip nines. That's a good hand. I think that this guy has a lot of flush draws and a lot of the guy that's bet and raised preflop. I think he has a lot of flush draws and he has a lot of overpairs, actually. And maybe even um, he could have like eights or sevens or something. And my mindset here is well there's a flush draw out there one of these two players very likely has a flush draw and it's entirely possible that this guy that's raised preflop and now bet out again has an overpair aces kings uh jacks something he might have a pretty tough time folding uh, maybe he has he has tens with the ten of spades even or something like that right um, stuff that he might have trouble folding. So I'm going to raise. And I don't remember what his bet size is. And I, again, don't remember the, the pre-flop sizing. So I don't know the pot size. Sorry about that. It's been a while and I didn't write it down. Uh, but I do know that I raised to 225. It's not really relevant <laughs> uh, if you don't know the rest of the bets and stuff. But it was a smaller raise than normal. I kind of regret that a little bit. Um, normally when I raise, I'm, I'm raising pretty close to three quarters to a full pot size raise. And I know this was smaller than that. I'm not sure why. I think at the moment I felt like the flush draws and, um, overpairs that this guy has, if he's good, he might fold. If I bet too large, 
and I do want to get called um, for a price that you know isn't profitable for him but I do want to get called by the hands that I'm beating right um, and also if he reshoves on me and he has like ace nine or deuce deuce I can consider getting away from it especially when I make a smaller sizing so um, at the time it made sense I think I may have gone a little too small but anyway I make the raise um, the guy in the blinds folds and then it's back to our original razor bro and he calls the turn I actually don't remember the the value of the card but it was a spade and I want to say it was a lower spade like let's say a six or a five or something um he shoves all in immediately uh and again i don't remember the dollar amounts but it was a significant bet i think it was like four fifths or five six pot it was a pretty large bet and i thought about all the hands that he might do this with uh could he be doing this with a flush draw and here immediately i think is where my thought process went wrong i started thinking well would i or would most you know people who know anything about this game just shove their whole stack in there when they turn the exact card that they want that pretty much can't help their opponent like if you have uh let's say he had ace king of spades especially right uh why, why would he, what what is he gonna get called by he, that that um that he beats am i do i have a lower flush here that i was raising on the flop as a flush draw uh do i have three of a kind that i can't get away from maybe um but I, I just don't think most people, even recreational players that have played this game for a significant amount of time, I don't, I don't think a lot of people are just shoving there. I think they're betting smaller or they're getting tricky and checking for weakness, uh, to, to feign weakness so that their opponent might call with some worse hands. Um, I think checking is something that I would do a bunch. Betting would be something that I do a bunch as well. But shoving all in seems a little weird to me with your made flushes your ace king of spades queen jack of spades jack 10 of spades seems pretty weird also how many of those are really calling the flop like the non-ace high ones aren't they a little bit concerned that i already flopped a full house or something um or that their flush card will make my full house i i don't know i feel like anybody who's thinking at all about this game uh, wouldn't do that very often uh, you'd have to be really bad I think so all right I had those thoughts and then I thought about the other hands that might make sense that he's doing it with that he might do it for value or as a bluff maybe especially if he's really good he could have figured out that with aces or kings or uh, jacks or tens he may have called on the flop and <laughs> figured out that he's no good and when that spade comes that it probably doesn't help me he has 
especially if it's aces or kings with the spade. But he has, um, he's beat. He has a decent draw. And that I don't have the card that I would want to have to call his huge bet. So he can make this bluff with aces or kings um, and be in a really good spot where I'm probably going to fold a lot, even nines, right? I'm probably folding queen nine here, um, he might think, right? With aces or kings with the spade. Um, I think it would be pretty dumb for him to make this move uh, with aces or kings or queens or jacks without a spade. Uh, so yeah, that's basically what I thought about. I was like, these are really the classes of hands that make sense to me. Or maybe he's a complete idiot and he has like a worse nine than me. I mean, he could also have a better nine than me and that wouldn't be great. But it's pretty weird to see this kind of aggression on this kind of card. Um, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The most obvious thing, right, if you don't play poker, the most obvious thing would be like, oh, I see, he called with a flush draw, and then he hit his flush, and then he put all his money in because he knows he's good, right? Or he feels very highly uh, that, that he's good. So the issue with my thinking there, I believe, is that Instead of thinking perhaps about what both good and bad players would do and try to make, you know, do the math from pot odds and figure out, all right, what's the middle of the road answer here because I don't know how this guy plays. Well, if idiots would shove most of their flush draws or all of their flush draws and pros would shove none of their flush draws based on the pot odds i think it's a fold with queen nine maybe i call with like ace nine obviously call with some flushes um obviously call with boats right but actually queen nine uh no spade in my hand is kind of low on the totem pole as far as things that i might raise on the flop uh and want to call off a large turn bet when there's a flush on the board um it's kind of low in the rankings uh i, I generally don't want to be raising a lot on that flop anyway but you know it was four-handed people had a lot of hands that i could beat that would call so anyway uh so i called and i was shown queen jack of spades and i lost the hand again i don't i think i thought a lot of the right things but i improperly weighted my options when it came to what do I want to do against good and bad players and because I didn't know this guy I should either put him in the bad player camp and just fold or I think more accurately I should put him in between a good and bad player and say well bad players are shoving flushes it's a really big bet this isn't a great hand for me to call with um and good players are doing this with maybe a couple hands, aces and kings with the king of spades or ace of spades. That's not a lot of combinations of hands. Ah, eh, I should probably fold. I think that's how the thought process should have gone, but it didn't. And I was a little upset with myself, 
um, because I felt like if I was on the other end of the table and I was that guy, I would have been shoving with aces or kings there. And actually, I would probably get more folds than uh, I should. And me calling would be like a genius call. Ah, oh, you called with queen nine, not even ace nine. Not even a flush or a full house. Oh, what a fucking genius, right? Uh, but the guy doesn't play good poker, clearly. Uh, because it should be easy for anybody to fold there, which I didn't. Um, so he did the right thing results-wise. I think his large river bet is bad, but I also played bad, so he took all my money. And you know what I did after that hand when I was super frustrated with myself and the result? Well, not super frustrated with the result. Mo more frustrated with myself. Said nice hand, man. And I moved on. Um, again, I think it's really important to just be nice to people. And you have an internal emotional turmoil uh, like I did at that moment where I was very upset with myself. Maybe don't lash out to other people in general in your life, including at the poker table where... You know, if you like poker and you want poker to thrive and continue, just be nice to people so they want to come back and play with you more, right? Like, even if you're not doing it for money, like, wh why wouldn't you want to have a friendly, fun, exciting, cool environment to go back to that you're kind of helping the community uh, make that way? So that's that's basically what I have to say on this episode. Um, if you're listening through audio, thanks so much. Feel free to follow me on twitch.tv slash 8bitavenger if you want to see the live show that I'm also recording video-wise here. Uh, you'll get notifications for that. And if you're on Twitch right now, uh, feel free to look up Push Comes to Shove in your favorite podcast app that is not... Uh, I mean, there's a couple that I'm not in. I should probably put us on Google Play like maybe today uh and unfortunately what is that what is that other app spotify is like really weird for podcasts i'm not going to go into it uh i tweet some things sometimes on uh twitter at 8bit avenger and as always if you have any questions concerns thoughts ideas um for the show what the direction you would like it to go hey maybe you want a guest star on the show uh email us at pcspoker at mail.com and i will see you all next time thanks so much